0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 26 now of the Faith Awakens podcast. We're going strong still, (laughs) six weeks into our school year. And um, I apologize that we do not yet have our original theme music up and running. It is coming, it is beautiful, it. it is awesome. It is like this blend of the Star Wars theme and All Creatures of Our God and King. And so I can't wait for you to hear uh, uh, from uh, uh, us in a future week, hopefully with that original theme music that our coordinator of music, justice, and media, Lauren Bulweg, is working on um, right now. So uh, that is yet to come. But I am Father Tom, your university chaplain, and I'm joined, uh, as always, by my co-host.
1: Uh, Megan Grady, senior here at St. Ambrose, the final, the final lap hopefully we're still here we i didn't are? think we'd be here we're six weeks in you
0: were saying before we started recording today that your dad was like uh, yeah for two my weeks.
1: dad told me to pack for two weeks and then he he was not hopeful he's still really not hopeful if you ask him about it but you know we're well, still here i we're proving him wrong prove jim grady wrong I, That's what uh, as for. i
0: said last night at our wednesday night mass and more one of my favorite all-time quotes of saint padre pio is uh pray hope and don't worry so there you go, pray, hope, and don't worry. That's
1: good advice.
0: Um, we are very glad to have with us on the, uh, the program this afternoon, today, or whenever you may be listening to it, we're recording it in the afternoon, uh, one of our other students here at St. Ambrose University, Yasmin Toto. So tell us a little bit more about yourself.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Yasmin, and I am a junior this year, and I'm double majoring in political science and international studies. And I'm also the vice president of the Black Student Union on campus.
0: Fantastic. Thanks for joining us and great bunch of, uh, of, uh, uh, majors, political science, international studies, very relevant to everything that's happening in the world right now. Um, yes. So I think you're going into the right field. So, and definitely one where we need people that are thinking about these things and, and, uh, dive in headfirst into, into some of these issues. So Yeah. So really, uh, we've been having this conversation off and on. Um, I think, you know, f- for me as a chaplain, I think, and I think for our students in general, it's important that uh, throughout the semester, uh, especially given events of this past spring and summer and even up to today, um, and events even recently in this last week with uh, the, the situation with the uh, Brianna Taylor decision that was made in Lexington, and, um, or in uh, Louisville rather, we are, um, we can't just kind of mention these issues of racial injustice once and then say, okay, we've done our piece and moving on. Uh, We want to keep this conversation going. And so like last week we had Ryan Sadler on, our vice president for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, And we also want to hear kind of a student perspective again on everything that we've been uh, experiencing in, in these last weeks and months. So Yes, I mean, I know you were at the uh, the forum that we had here and we're helping to facilitate that and I know I participated live and Meg participated I was on WebEx, virtually. Yeah. <laughs> so and I thought it was a really good event. Um, I, I hope people felt like that went off well even if there were, you know, always technical glitches as we're all experiencing oh, yeah. with these things, but I think it was the right thing to do and I know there's probably some more things like that yeah, planned. But
2: in the works. <laughs> yeah.
0: So tell us about how you think that forum in particular went. You know, what's going on this semester? here on campus, and particularly uh, what is Black Student Union doing to keep this conversation going?
2: So um, as for the forum, I actually thought it went pretty well, especially, like, with the amount of people who were able to join via WebEx. Mm -hmm. I know, like, um, I was there in person and there wasn't as many um, students there and I feel like most of it is because not all students check their email yeah. so I feel like if we could have like advertised it a little bit more like um, by like posters or like through social media then the numbers would have been even you mm-hmm. know bigger and better in person but mm-hmm. the conversation still went really well and I think like it's great to hear not only from students but also from like staff because they're the ones who teach you know they're the ones whose lives like revolve around students. So I feel like it's important to have their insight in conversations like this because they're the ones who need to, you know, do better in the classroom. They're the ones who need to know what they can do to help the students not only feel safe in the Mm -hmm. classroom, but also around campus as a whole. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was like really engaging that um, a lot of the different professors were there and put their, you know, insight into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we're bold enough to get out of their comfort zone because I know like white privilege is something that we know about but it's Mm -hmm. really hard for you know people to speak on just because you never know if it's going to offend somebody or not Mm -hmm. and For somebody to have that courage to actually step out of their comfort zone and be like, hey, like, I recognize I have white privilege, but Mm -hmm. what can I do? Like, how can I use this privilege to not only, you know, help the minorities, but to Mm -hmm. also, like, enlighten the rest of the world? Like, I feel like if you have that kind of mindset, it it makes, like, the conversation so much better and, like, so much more meaningful. So, like, I really was, like, I was happy that there was, like, a bunch of Mm -hmm. professors that showed up and, like, they got out of their comfort zones. They were yeah. not afraid to ask us, com- you know, questions like, "How can I be better?" Like, "What are these microaggressions?" Because mm-hmm. a lot of people like don't actually understand like what they, you know, what they are. Like, um, mm-hmm. there was one professor I don't remember her name, but she was like, "What are these microaggressions?" Like, "What are the little things that can, you know, trigger a black student in my classroom?" And like I responded to her, and I'm like. Something as little as when um, we're talking about, you know, a subject that has to deal with like slavery or like Mm -hmm. black history and you ask the black student personally Mm -hmm. in front of the whole class instead of, you know, asking the class as a whole, like putting them on the spot. Like I understand, like, yes, we do know a lot about the black history because, yes, we are black, but we don't always want to be put on the spot, especially in a room of you know people who are not always going to understand and you never know how people react to different situations so i felt like questions like that and conversations like that are really needed that's a really good
0: point especially the example that you gave um and i'm even cognizant of that in the context of doing this podcast right now like oh let's have yasmin on like okay uh turning to you for all of the expertise on how as a student, like, okay, this is a conversation all of us need to be in on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so not in any way to to single you out or uh, other members of Black Student Union Mm -hmm. or Ryan last week or things like that. And I mean, it's um, analogous, not nearly the same uh, exactly, but I I know like as a priest, anytime I'm in a, a conversation and some topic of faith or theology comes up, what does everybody do? they swivel their heads over to me and say, what do you think, Father yeah. Tom? Like, I'm not the only person who can, like, voice an opinion on mm-hmm. theology or so. God or things like that. And unfortunately, too, the effect of that is sometimes my answer will shut things down. Mm-hmm. It won't keep the conversation going because yeah. they'll say, oh, the priest has spoken, you know, mm-hmm. in the right, same yeah. way. Uh, a yeah. person in a classroom might kind of turn to the student of color and say, "What do you think about this issue?" Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is afraid to talk because it's like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to yeah. say anything." It's, I don't, it's I,
1: very unfair to make one person the spokesperson of a of a yeah. giant, you know, a giant topic like that. Yeah. That's just very unfair to them. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's an excellent an excellent example, and 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 an example too where there is there's um there's a well-meaning kind of impulse there and you don't want to douse that but you want to channel it in a way that is actually mm-hmm. helpful and is not putting someone on the spot or making them like you say that kind of representative uh necessarily but keep the conversation going you know yeah.
2: that's why i thought like um the professor who asked a question like i really applaud for applaud her because before she even asked she was like i know this may sound ignorant but i'm going to say it anyways yeah. because deep down like it might sound ignorant to one person, but to the other person, it's nothing but just curiosity. Yeah. So, like, I feel like um, letting somebody know, like, hey, I'm going to say this to you. And, like, I'm sorry if it offends you, but I'm apologizing before I say it. Like, when somebody apologizes, not even apologizes, but if somebody makes something aware to you before they say it, I feel like in that way, it's more, like, respectable, you know? Because yeah. it's, like now you know what their intent is like their intent is to actually you know get knowledge from their curiosity it's not to like hurt somebody yeah
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well and kudos to the organizers of the forum too i think i felt and i attended in person and again there weren't a lot of people in person more were online but i i felt comfortable like there was not this there was not a confrontational tone that was set in any way shape or form so obviously this professor felt like, oh, I can ask this and I can ask th- in this way, even though I'm a, maybe even a little embarrassed to to ask this, you know, but they felt obviously comfortable enough to do that. And I was thinking of a couple of the students that came forward and just thinking, how, you know, in a way that took some guts that that was brave of them to come forward and ask some honest questions or to share their opinion about something. Uh, in a forum like that uh, was was good to see and you created an atmosphere where they felt like they could
2: and I feel like um that's really important because Fritz and I were actually speaking about it this morning because I went in his office like Mm -hmm. I do every day just to you know (laughs) have our little chat or or not we want um like conversations like in the forum or like in our BSU meetings we wanted to be comfortable not only for the black students but Mm -hmm. also for, you know, the white students and everybody else as a whole, because if somebody doesn't feel com- comfortable in a situation, they're not going to, you know, try to put themselves out there. Yeah. So I feel like the level of, you know, being able to be that comfortable and like speaking about like a subject that's, you know, that needs that much attention. But at the same time, it's like really hard for words to come out. It's like really needed.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking a lot today about, and I've people have used the phrase many different times, but uh, it came up in one of our uh, campus ministry staff meetings, actually this line that um, people change their attitudes and their opinions about things much like they change their clothes, usually in private, mm-hmm. you know? And this idea that, those events are for you know you start the the gears start turning you know and you try to open people's eyes to looking at things in a different way or asking questions in a different way um, or trying to put on the the mind and the experience to the degree that they can of another person. But the real work of those forums and why they're so important is the stuff that happens a few hours later or maybe a week later or maybe a month later where those gears are still like turning and they are. There's transformation of hearts that's starting to happen, you know, um, and I guess uh, so. That's I think the the value of this kind of continuing conversation is the more people kind of listen to this and kind of reflect on and think about their own attitudes. And as I continue to do that myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, so some of that the fruit of that may be a little bit down the road yet, but you gotta we gotta start it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I guess I wonder. Do you think um, with those kind of events or other events that we hold here to, to create greater awareness about these issues. I always fear like we're preaching to the choir sometimes, Mm -hmm. like the people that are showing up for those are the ones that are already kind of like on board, you know, Mm -hmm. not to say that they can't kind of grow in their own Mm -hmm. kind of wrestling with these things. But I, I wonder how do how do we reach out to that student that is would never come to something like that, you know, or has just kind of made up their mind um, or I don't know. That's, I'm putting you on the spot, but I don't, how do you think we get to the people that we really want to get to, you know? Yeah.
2: So I actually, um, spoke with Sadler about this, but, um, I feel like, um, especially for the freshmen, cause you know, what they experience their first semester or like their first year here is what, you know, dictates if they're going to stay or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um. Just as, like, when I was a freshman and other freshmen also, like, we had to do that Title IX, um, those videos and stuff before we started school mm-hmm. and how they had, like, the Title IX play. If there is a way that we can implement, like, um, diversity and inclusion, like, either mm-hmm. in, like, videos or, like, even if the theater department wants to, you know, sponsor yeah. or, like, with BSU and, like, make a play or something... Like, I feel like that will be, like, the most active way because it will not only be a requirement for, you know, the first years, but then it will also be, like, an eye-opening experience. Like, hey, this stuff is actually real. Like, we can't just put it under the rug and brush it under the rug every single time because then it will be more of, like, a requirement, but it won't be, like, a requirement that they're going to necessarily dread.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's a great example about the theater department because uh, of course they put on that take two each year mm-hmm. for the new student seminars and it's I mean it's originally written by our own uh, Dan Ra and Hale, you know, yeah. and it's funny mm-hmm. and it's and it doesn't take an hour and a half. it's like a half hour show or whatever yeah. it is. It's engaging um, and yet it still covers what they need to cover mm-hmm. um, much better than if we were you know for something like this to say, Everybody has to click on this video and watch this kind of dry presentation so that we can kind of cover our own rear end about, you know, having, you know, waved the flag for DEI for the beginning of the school year and then move on. Like, no, we want we want the message to hit home. Yeah. We want students to participate. We want it to be meaningful, maybe even humorous, because that that can dispel a lot of that yeah. kind of tension sometimes. And there's appropriate ways I hope to do that. You know, that's a really good example.
1: Yeah, but, or th- I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think that's a really good idea. Um, I think when freshmen come uh, that first semester, like you said, they're kind of trying to find their place here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think doing that would really show them like who we are as a university. And I really think that just needs to be um like solidified in that routine of coming to campus this is who we are we don't uh like i don't
0: know (laughs) i can't Mm -hmm. talk
1: but like just having that as like a concrete part of that first semester i think would Mm -hmm. be that's a really good idea Mm -hmm. yeah
0: start off the year that way
1: like you know how
2: they also do like the welcome back week Mm -hmm. and how they have like different events at night we can do like a um, diversity and inclusion trivia night or like you know something about like um black culture where like mm-hmm. it doesn't even only have to be black culture mm-hmm. it can be like latinx culture like mm-hmm. different international cultures just mm-hmm. yeah. so like um they can be more engaged and um they can you know try not so like they don't only you know be there just to be there but they also learn from like the experience of you know participating in this trivia yeah. and like they can also like win prizes or something like uh, at the end of it so i feel like um mm-hmm. We should have, like, more things like that um, that can, you know, Mm -hmm. include, especially freshmen, because that's where we got to start. Because if we can't even keep freshmen on campus, then, like, why would, like, the upperclassmen want to, you know, participate? Because I feel like especially the first two years are really important because, like, those are the two years you're mostly on campus itself Mm -hmm. like in dorms and stuff you have the most access to like you know the buildings and stuff so i feel like the it's going to be more harder for us to reach upperclassmen for sure just because uh, a lot of them do tend to you know kind of go off campus more but i feel like for the first two years like freshmen and sophomores those are the people that we need to try to reach the most Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that makes me think of another need that was kind of brought to our attention we had our be connected new student retreat just uh this uh, past weekend and it went well in the ways that we could do that social distanced everybody of course stayed in their own we didn't go to some location they stayed in their rooms and things like that but um one of the We always have this segment of that retreat, Ask an Ambrosian. And so they, the, the new students can ask different questions about where's the best place to get coffee in town or that, you know whatever they want to ask, or who should I talk to if I have a problem with this? You know? um, and one of the questions that came up is, uh, what's there to do on the weekends? Yeah. And all of us kind of felt like we had kind of a weak answer for that mm-hmm. because, well, we're limited in what we can do a little bit right now um, anyhow. But it just made, made me think like, yeah, we're going to have to be, extra creative but how much more important especially now to make sure there are meaningful healthy things for first and second year students to do on the weekends and then I'm thinking as you're talking about this like why not wrap that into it you know so we're, we're meeting two needs we're giving mm-hmm. them something healthy safe to do on the weekends and we're expanding their minds and hearts you know right. um, by exposing them to arts or uh, subjects or f- whatever you know uh we think would be would be a positive influence in trying to build diversity here at the university so huh makes me think <laughs> makes and i me feel think. like
2: with that too like um we can always, like, try to get, like, other clubs involved, like CAB or, like, SVA yeah. and kind of, you know, Well, let me see say for campus are. ministry,
0: we would love to do some sort of collaboration. If okay. there's some something we can do with BSU um, or, like I say, a multiple organization kind mm-hmm. of event or something, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely keep in That would context. be really good. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of um, from the forum uh, Fritz is actually my classmate so we graduated mm-hmm. here the same year and I knew him very well when I was here we were both RAs and and uh, um, but I remember at the forum he was talking about how few black students there were on campus when he was uh, a student here and that is absolutely true I mean and then I knew of of those black students on campus, they were kind of put in, and Fritz was probably one of them, put in that position of being like the token, you know, like, um, and especially when it came to the university's own kind of um, advertising and self-promotion and things like that. And I get the need to want to represent ourselves maybe even more diverse as more diverse than we really are in order to attract more uh, people that are are of color to the, to the campus. But I also kind of felt like, ah, You know, there's that feeling like, did they feel like they were being kind of um, used or, (laughs) you know, I don't know. So any take on that?
2: I feel like there's a lot of people of color who are males on campus, Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: most definitely. And and that has a lot to deal with, like, sports and how, like, their recruitment process is and, like, how they recruit more black males for, like, football or, like, basketball, you know, sports as those but I feel like there's not a lot of black females because, right. like, I will look around and I only I feel like I know all the black females on campus already. Yeah. And there's only, like, 15 of us at most, if yeah. I can name everybody. Yeah. Like, um, and I understand also that there are commuters. Mm-hmm who are, you know, people of color who live around, um you know, the town or, like, in Rock Island, across mm-hmm. or whatever. So, like, I understand, like, and I respect that. But um I, myself, don't really feel as a token. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear <laughs> you say that. So that means there's been some progress in that direction, yeah. you know, but still, but you feel like there's still... Not, there's still not,
2: room for improvement when yeah. it comes to... um the retention rate especially yeah. mm-hmm. because um a lot of the people or the people of color that I came in with my freshman year are not here anymore yeah. so i feel like as soon as that's why like i keep on like emphasizing the importance of like trying to keep the freshmen and sophomores engaged because yep. like w- by the time of my sophomore year a lot of those people were gone and i feel like if we can somehow improve our retention rate we're like mm-hmm. Um, allow more resources um, to be available for these students then you know we can kind of keep them around campus a little bit more Mm because I noticed that a lot like every year the retention rate keeps on you know Mm. yeah Yeah. higher and higher and Mm. I don't feel like it should be that way
0: yeah Mm -hmm. I I think that um, you're a junior this year I think that junior year is critical I think that is that's the that's of the university experience. Senior year is wonderful, don't get me wrong. No,
1: I I don't like senior year. It's too sad.
0: Well, that's the exactly the thing. Like <laughs> when you're when I'm you're like, a junior you know you're the you, you can peek at the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit, mm-hmm. but it, it's not there it's yet. Not you not got it. a lot of work to <laughs> yeah. do still. So you are like you are fully immersed and engaged in the life of the campus mm-hmm. and in your studies and things like that. You're not already starting to live kind of in that other world that's beyond graduation mm-hmm. yet, but you know yourself well enough by that year too, yes. because you've been through your first year yeah. and second year mm-hmm. and survived it. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. For real. Um, so you know, junior year is I think a really critical critical year. I, I know that for myself as a student here, that was probably when I was the busiest yeah Mm -hmm. the most engaged but probably the happiest too you know in a way I mean even though I was probably crazy busy but Mm -hmm. I mean I had a better footing under my you know who I was you can
1: give directions like people ask you where classrooms are I can be like oh yeah down the hall like instead of like sophomore freshman year I'm like I I don't don't know know. where you're going (laughs) I don't know I don't know where that is I don't even know where I'm going I also
2: feel like with junior year that's when you start you know, realizing who your true friends are also. Um, Because, like, it's just, like, I'm not saying it's, like, high school all over again. But, you know, like, in the beginning of high school, you start off with so many friends. And then just, like, as the years go, it just the numbers just keep on getting lower. So I feel like it's the same way with college. Like, you start off, you know, trying to be, like, a a social bird, like, talking to everybody. And then, like, you know, as soon as you hit your junior year, it's like, wow, I'm not... Really, I don't got no. that many friends as I thought yeah. I had. Yeah.
1: For real, though, because, like, I think freshman year is, like, you're in survival mode. You're like, yeah. okay, I need friends, and mm-hmm. I need them now. Who are they? Oh, you, standing next to me. You are now yeah. my friend. Like, and then as junior you're like, oh, okay, well, I only hang out really with this, mu-, you yeah. know, this group. So you so. start
2: realizing who you can actually, like, rely on. It's kind of like, um, you know... When people always talk about, oh, the people that you meet in college are the people that are going to be there for you for the rest of your life type of thing. I feel like junior and senior year, that's, like, when yes. you really start to realize, oh, these are the group of friends yeah. that are going to be there at my wedding, that yeah. are going to be there when my child is born. Yes. So it's, like, really crucial.
1: Yeah, that's- and, like, um, it's just it's not i feel like when we were talking about it some people would think oh that's kind of sad no it's not because it's like you really do find those core people that yes. you're like okay i could depend on you for literally anything mm-hmm. could talk about literally anything with you father tom any any do you feel like that was true for you in i am um, you
0: know i was thinking of uh my it, from high school I only really have one person that I'm in regular contact with, I'm mm-hmm. and still very close, and that was my best friend from high school. And I had his wedding, and I'm the godfather for one of their children, and mm-hmm. you know, so like very, you know, connected still, but really. From high school, and I graduated a big high school in a decent-sized Iowa town, yeah. and one friend, basically, that I'm still, like, really connected yeah. to. And then I would say co- from college, I'd say it's a good handful, mm-hmm. like five or six, some of whom, honestly, are on the faculty. Like, we had Dr. Corey Johnson on a couple. I mean, I've been in contact with her over the years still. Um, some of the theater folk that I did a lot of stuff with I'm still in contact with. Actually, just before this, one of my classmates from uh, from Ambrose here sent me a text with a picture of a group of five of us who all had our graduation party um, together at the house that is now a parking lot across from McCarthy. Um, <laughs> and even of the, I mean of that group, and we were pretty tight when we were here, but really even of that group of five, only one am I or two that I'm in somewhat regular contact with. But yeah, I think, I think it builds, you know, um, And, mm-hmm. and the, the friendships that you are meeting here, are more likely to be lifelong. And there are lots and lots of stories among our alumni mm-hmm. of lifelong friendships. Um, obviously we do a ton of weddings in the chapel and nine out of 10 of them are people that met here, You know, yes. uh, which is always kind of cool to see. Um, I have to bring up a sad subject, of course, which came out this week too, and we know that uh, we're not gonna have a spring break. Yeah, um, no. But the, <laughs> we brought groups down to um, to Holly Springs, Mississippi, last year and two years ago and we have alumni that live in Memphis and for our day off we would always go to Memphis and and uh, go to the National Civil Rights Museum which if you've never been there is a fantastic experience it's very eye opening it's excellent it's built right into the Lorraine Mot- Motel where of course Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968 and it's done very tastefully how they how they lead you to that part of the tour but so that and I'm, so I'm really missing, especially in this year, that we won't be able to bring students down there and let them have that experience. But also, the alumni couple that would always meet us down there in Memphis, I mean, they, are, they, they love meeting our, our current students. Mm-hmm. So there's those bonds that go even beyond uh, the people that you met while you were here. Yeah. Uh, there's that kind of, oh, you went to Ambrose. You know I've been in places where in my SAU stuff, mm-hmm. and someone totally out of the blue, halfway across the country will say, do you go to Saint Ambrose? <laughs> you know, and there's that instant kind of connection. But yeah, yeah, there are definitely, and th- those friendships, like you say, do form and solidify, especially the further you go into your college experience here, okay. and some of them will be lifelong.
1: Mm-hmm. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It Can't is. wait. Um, I will. I do want to ask because I was having this conversation with somebody else today. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I guess as a former junior i got my junior year ripped out from under me i i mean everyone got their use it was so sad because i was like oh i really like it because i like we were saying earlier i like i know where everything is i'm Mm -hmm. knowledgeable about campus and stuff but i'm not you know it's not my last year so it's kind of sad but i was talking with somebody about um talking about like freshman year versus junior year or now senior year Mm -hmm. do you feel like any do you feel like there was like a shift um, like growth wise, like in you as a person, because I felt like there was like a shift yeah. <laughs> and I can't pinpoint it. It's mm. I'm unable to pinpoint when it happened, but mm. like looking back at freshman year, I was like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to be that person again. Like, I don't want to mm. go back in time to be that person. But I like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but do you have any like, do you feel like there was a shift for you? moles?
2: definitely (laughs) because I feel like freshman year like you said like um we're all trying to figure out like you know who we are as a person so like my freshman year I was very very social like I feel like I was more worried about trying to like fit in with like different people Mm -hmm. and like trying to make myself known but I feel like um now being a junior and also freshman year is also when i kind of discovered my leadership skills mm-hmm. and like it started off with um bringing the bsu back and like um being on their you know exec board mm-hmm. after on B- um, the bsu not being available since like 2003
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: so like um just being on the exec board really made me like realize like my leadership skills and like now, like, I can say, yeah, I'm vice president of BSU. I'm a junior SGA senator. I'm part of philanthropy council. I'm Ooh, in model UN. I'm, like, <laughs> n- like just, like, that growth and, like, the confidence that, like, yeah. I've learned over the years, like, hey, you're a natural-born leader. Don't let anybody ever try to rip that away yeah. from you. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah, I, I'm th- most definitely a different person. Yeah, and than I, I, was d- I
1: think about, like, if I were able to go back in time and, like m- like, talk to freshman Megan, I would be, like, Listen, you're gonna get your kind of your act together. Not totally, but you're gonna get it a little bit better than you are. And I just think we just high five it out because right. it was just so different. But also then I would leave because I'm like, okay, you'd be annoying me because I was such a people pleaser. Oh, kind of yeah. like you were talking, trying to fit in everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just I felt like I had to do and talk to everyone. But now I'm like, you know what? You know, I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to, you know. Right. So it's like you kind of just like accept yourself. You're like, hey, this is who I am. If nobody yeah. likes me, oh well. So yeah, oh well, right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Honestly, one of the things I love most about being a chaplain at a college, at a university is to watch that happen. Mm. You know, and and cuz I know it happened for me too. Like, I mean, and it's not like you have it all together again by the time you right. graduate. No. you still mature. You know, you're we know our brains are still developing till mm-hmm. age 25 for Pete's sake, you know. So, um but the idea but I know, I know I was and I would say for me, again, I can't pinpoint a moment like you're talking about, but you know, who I became as an adult, I think, began to really solidify second semester junior year into first semester senior. Like somewhere in that junior mm-hmm. to senior transition, I think, is kind of when it really starts to take hold. And, mm-hmm. and so how we engage that process for every student yes. is super important. And, how, and why we have these kind of conversations and introduce these kind of topics early, early, early on so that that kind of maturing can happen by junior into senior year. Yeah. That's, That's super important. So when they do leave here, they are who we like to say they are, these Ambrosians who, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a, a heart for Uh, peace and justice and who um, are committed to the liberal arts and who are whole human beings not just cogs for the machine you know but like uh, who are going to be engaged civically and civilly and socially um, beyond the walls of this university so yeah yeah so I love watching that unfold and happen so (laughs) it's cool Yes, mean it has been awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you for your good insight and your good work um, with BSU and with all of the other things that you're involved with that you just named <laughs> as a leader here, as a student leader. Um, and we uh, were, we will, uh, we will pray and hope and not worry to get through the rest of this semester <laughs> and through the rest of this year and do what we need to do to be safe. Um, but let's keep. Growing uh, in in every way that we need to. So yeah,
1: thanks, Yasmin. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome. All right, Meg, bring us home.
1: All right. May the faith be with you.
0: And with your spirit. Have a good week, everyone.